As a Canadian, I am not fully versed in American history. I know quite a bit from what I learned in school and what I've learned since then, but there's lots that I don't know. And as a Canadian, it may seem odd that I'm doing a brief history on one of the United States' most notable historical figures, Thomas Jefferson. But the truth is that over and over during the course of this podcast, the name Thomas Jefferson has continued to come up. Because of this, I thought that it was time that I look a little deeper. Now, what I've come to realize and why I'm writing this today is that Thomas Jefferson was a foodie. Now, I don't generally like that term, but there really isn't one that fits better. He loved food and all the elements of it, from growing and producing it to cooking it and eating it. Of his many interests, food and cooking was near the top of the list. Now, for those of you that don't know of Thomas Jefferson's contributions to the culinary identity of the U.S. and honestly North America, let me show you. He is credited with introducing or popularizing many dishes, ingredients, and techniques to the U.S. These introductions include ice cream, french fries, and even mac and cheese, to name a few. So where did Thomas Jefferson get his inspiration, and what else did he contribute to the U.S.'s culinary scene? You'll have to stay tuned to find out. I'm Chef Ben, this is Food in 5, and this is the brief history of Thomas Jefferson, the foodie. From a young age, Thomas Jefferson was interested in the natural world. Among these interests was horticulture. His home, Monticello, is famous for its lush gardens in which over 330 varieties of 89 species of vegetables and herbs were grown. He also grew 170 varieties of fruit. That's a lot of food and a lot of variety at a time when most gardens would have mainly consisted of only a few different root vegetables and a few herbs. Jefferson was always interested in food, but it was really his appointment to the position of the Secretary of State and his subsequent visit and prolonged stay in Paris that piqued his interest. At the time, 1784 to 1789, France was on the brink of revolution. This was a period of rapid social and political change. Old ways of doing things were left by the wayside and replaced with more forward-thinking ideas. This included the food of the country. Now, in America at the time, most foods were prepared over an open hearth in a heavy, somewhat fragile iron pot. This type of cooking is well suited to soups and stews, even roasts, but there's no room for delicacy. It was fairly dangerous as the heavy pots were often overturned or dropped, breaking them and pouring the evening's dinner all over the floor. At the same time, in France, food was being cooked on stoves and in ovens that were heated by an enclosed fire of wood or coal. The pots were made of copper, which were lighter, more durable, and more evenly distributed heat than the iron pots and cauldrons of the U.S. Upon his return to Monticello, Jefferson renovated the kitchen in the French style, adding ovens and stoves, along with copper pots like he had seen while abroad. Now, as I said before, Jefferson didn't just enjoy eating. He loved all aspects of food. And with him during his time in France was one of his most trusted slaves, James Hemings. Now Jefferson sent Hemings to apprentice in kitchens around the country so he could learn the French techniques. And while this was happening, Jefferson himself toured the French countryside and even into northern Italy, taking detailed notes and drawings about the plants and growing techniques he had encountered. 
Upon returning to the U.S., Jefferson brought with him over 600 bottles of wine, wheels of Parmesan cheese, a pasta maker, an ice cream freezer, and many recipes he himself had written out by hand. He also returned with a new appreciation for the delicacies excuse me, of French cuisine, which he introduced to the White House after his election to president. Some things Jefferson introduced to the U.S. didn't take hold right away or even at all. French fries, for example, didn't really become popular until long after he had died, but his love and admiration for French food fruit, <laughs> excuse me, but his love and admiration for French food spread throughout the populace, marking it as the preeminent world cuisine right up until today. Now, however you personally feel about Thomas Jefferson and beyond his contributions to the U.S. political system and structure, his love of food causes him to stand out in a world of giants. Helping to build a country can't be easy, and lots of great historical figures, many of them contemporaries of Jefferson, did amazing things. But how many contributed as much to the actual, how much, excuse me, but how many contributed as much to the actual culture than Jefferson? I'm Chef Ben, this is Food in 5, and this has been the brief history of Thomas Jefferson the foodie. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Chef Ben Kelly and on Facebook at Ben Kelly Cooks. And of course, you can like and subscribe to the podcast. You can rate it, tell your friends about it, share it around, pass it around, you know, do that thing. Uh, Thank you, as always, for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another fantastic episode of Food in 5. I hope that you have a fantastic Tuesday. I know I'm going to. I'll see you tomorrow.